gonna go down. I haven't known you for very long, but it feels like a while. You've been transparent for all this time. I can see through your smile. This is Podflix, episode 151. I'm Willie. I'm Nish. And Polly. <laughs> I was going to ask you guys, did we take last week off? I honestly don't remember because of like COVID and, and being locked in. I've lost all track of time. I did believe we did. Week. Yes. We earned it. Yeah. <laughs> it's this has been grueling. It's about time we had a little time off. So, how was your last two weeks? What's new? Two weeks feels like an eternity. It does. I I I, I don't even know where to begin, and yet it feels like nothing is new. I will admit. You know, um, one thing I will admit is um, I think about Watchmen a lot since we've since we watched it um like i like there's particular parts of it that keep sticking out in my head um and i find myself like it it jumped back into the forefront of my mind kind of more than anything else we've done recently yeah um i don't know if I you guys a, i'm i'm rewatching it with my brother who was not here when uh, when we watched it originally but when he came cool. back i was i was basically like i i will watch this again and you should watch it um I, I'm watching it this time, you know, with a specific eye towards how the events, you know, the, the twists in it are, you know, how how are they spelled out or not spelled out in the in the episodes beforehand. But yeah, I agree with you. It's it's one that's really stuck with me. Um, holy shit! I told I you asked what was new. I know what's new. I I know what's new, and I'm gonna get personal here for a second. Um, as uh, as you guys know, but but many people may or may may, may not know, um, I have been I was uh, scheduled to get a kidney transplant. I have kidneys that don't work, um, and so I need new ones or at least one new one. Um, and I was scheduled to get a kidney transplant two weeks before or two weeks after uh, the pandemic hit. So basically, I was two weeks away from surgery when uh, we all got locked down. Um, so I've been waiting for that to be rescheduled. And as of last week, it was rescheduled. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm on, uh, the docket for a September 1st surgery now. Um, so hopefully things stay okay and and that things don't shut down again. Um, and, uh, that surgery will go forward. So, so I might miss an episode. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, well, that's it for the show this week. Have a good one. That's right. It's but, fucking amazing. But yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's that, exciting that's and terrifying and everything all at the same time. Yes, it is. And and it's a mark of how distracted with like everyday stuff and all kinds of stuff that I am that that wasn't like the first thing I told you guys when we when we talked today. <laughs> so, and that I had to remember like what is going on with me? Oh, oh yeah. Like <laughs> this Maybe huge thing. TMI for the show, but like is it basically considered an elective surgery? Like it, is there anything that would stop it from happening? Right. It it technically is considered an elective surgery because my health is good enough right now that I can kind of get by uh you know, I'm I'm on dialysis and so, you know, I can get by with that right now. Like if it was a if it was a thing where I was like in the hospital like you know, almost on life support kind of thing, then yeah, it would be 
they would not be elective, obviously. But yeah, it is still kind of considered elective at this point. But, you know, there's a difference between getting a kidney and, say, like, plastic surgery or something like that. There, are, I guess there are there are levels of elective. <laughs> what? Are you, Paul, you didn't, you didn't realize there was a difference? <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing a Dr. Nick scenario when you get in there. And he's like, there's a difference between a kidney and plastic <laughs> surgery? Oh, no. Oh, God help me if I get in there and Dr. Nick's there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm I'm going down this rabbit hole, uh, Paul. If you could, if you could, um, if I could swap out one of my internal organs, which one? If would you it could be? have plastic surgery or some type of vanity surgery in any way, shape, or form, what would it be? Oh my God, I don't even have to think about it for a second. It would be hair transplant surgery. <laughs> well, about you, Nish. That's fair. Elective, uh, not and not in the terms of kidneys. Um. Well, I mean, hair transplant is kind of an obvious answer for me too, but. I'm going to change it up and go with butt implants. <laughs> I've done so I can have no. a nice shapely backside. Nish, don't, <laughs> don't sell your butt short. Well, that's fair. I mean, we talked about this a couple that weeks way I ago. Could, how... I could be an Instagram influencer. That's the only <laughs> thing holding you back is your <laughs> flat butt. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you guys know I watched a little Dr. Pimple Popper back in my day. That is true. However... I definitely, what led to the gateway drug to Dr. P- Dr. Pimple Popper was botched. And I'll have you know, Nish, that the butt lift, there's a 50% chance of failure. So you might want to rethink that choice. Yikes. That, is that not a, like those odds. Is that a 50% chance of total failure or are the odds good that one cheek will fail I, and the other I'm, will succeed? <laughs> and what does total failure mean? Like, I'm going to come out of it and they're going to be like, I'm sorry to tell you, you no longer have a butt. <laughs> you had to, you had to amputate. <laughs> I think there's some shit because you're sitting on it all day long where that will flip the fuck over. Oh. Like your implant will like twist over. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. This is <laughs> the joys of plastic surgery. You know how the internet can lead you into weird places. Um, I can't remember how I came upon this, but I re- but if you've ever looked at oh, pictures God, of... God, is this about ma- to get weirder? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. This is actually fairly tame. It's far less right. weird than butt implants. Um, you should Google pictures of uh, Nicolas Cage's teeth. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> because Homeboy had some snaggle teeth before, and his teeth are amazing now. And for a minute now, I've been like, yeah, I'd get those Hollywood teeth. They look really good. I do know somebody that, that had that done. It's a hell of a procedure. Do they look awesome? Yeah, of course they looked. Yeah. Got it. Same not, thing with Ben not, Affleck. Not butt implants. Ben Affleck, like it changed his whole face. He looks amazing. Did, did he have teeth implants or teeth replacement totally. surgery or whatever they call it? <laughs> I guess they're you know like what they do implants. to do that is they take your teeth and they basically like shave around the edges to make them little pegs. Yep. And then they put like beautiful implants over the top. So they're like perfect white, crisp, like beautiful teeth. Are you looking at it now, Nish? Yeah. Holy shit. Is this a real picture? <laughs> yeah. He had total snaggle teeth before. It's like the big book of British smiles from the Simpsons. It's like- <laughs> So (laughs) admittedly, my teeth are very straight and very white, but I've always felt like they were slightly too small. What? Well, what do you think? Look, look, you can see in Google Hangouts and nobody else can. They look normal. I mean, a little bit small. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So you want, want, maybe you need mouth reduction surgery to make your mouth smaller. (laughs) It's more like face reduction surgery to make my teeth look appropriately sized. (laughs) 
So you're not going to go for teeth enlargements. Well, I might. You never know. <laughs> just, just get a, got, you know, a couple of huge or, chompers in there. It sounds painful. I don't know if I'm down for it. It sounds painful. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Uh, the big news in my house this week is my daughter turned 11. Ooh. Which, dudes, doesn't it feel like yesterday she was born? Yes. <laughs> it's like fucking crazy. I think about like, yo, seven more years and she's in college. Oh, God. Yeah, that is insane. <laughs> Uh, Paul asked me, is she still into Legos? Which she very much is. And um, it's a strange thing. Um, she wanted this Lego set, which I don't, it's some grand friends, grand hotel thing, which I sent to Paul. It's 400 bucks. It's like mad expensive. So I had told her six months ago, I'm like, Hey, this is one of those things that like, I think you need to learn the the valuable lesson of earning something. So if you can save up half of that via allowance, I'll pay for the other half for your birthday. Two things. One, she 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 fell short. She 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 was able to earn like 170 out of the 200, but I thought I'd surprise her and make up the delta for her birthday. But it turns out every big Lego set is officially sold the fuck out. Ugh. Everyone, everyone so, is doing Legos during the pandemic. Yeah. I know, Paul, you ordered a big Lego set. Yes. My daughter and I spent four weeks putting the Lego roller coaster together, and it is totally awesome. It's really cool. It's the size of our dining room table, and I don't know what we're going to do with it now that we finished it, but it's awesome. That sounds awesome. How many pieces is that? Um, All of them. Yes, a lot of them. <laughs> I'll say um, what she did get for her birthday with, from my parents, which I was a little pissed because I really wanted to get it for her. Is she got the baby Yoda doll? Oh, uh, that's awesome! Have you have either of you seen this thing in person? No, no, I have not. It is so fucking cool. Wait, has she seen the Mandalorian? Oh yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for context, I don't think you know this niche, but um, starting from the first Star Wars reboot with Ray, uh-huh. and my daughter was six. I don't know, five, six. Yeah, I take her out of school that day, and me and her and Paul go to the movies and watch it that day. Nice. And we we go see it in an afternoon or morning show, and it's always in the city. We go to the IMAX theater, the like the awesome theater in 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 Times Square, and we go see it. So, of course, she's super into Star Wars. And when this came out, I was trying to get both kids into it. My son was totally not into it. But she was like, anytime Baby Yoda came on the screen, she was just like, oh, my God, this doll. If you've never seen it in person, you both will at some point soon when when we see you next. Um, It's really real looking. It's a little creepy. (laughs) Ooh, interesting. So... I wanted to get your take on this because um, you guys have both seen The Mandalorian? Yes. Yep. Okay. So the first thing, she gets this thing. She's adoring this thing, going crazy over it. And then she's like, oh, well, he doesn't have his pod that he needs to sleep in at night. Do you think you could build me one, daddy? And I'm like, the fuck am I going to build a floating pod? Come on, are you, can't, can't, can't you just channel your Nick Nolte? <laughs> He built, he built a pod. I, I asked her, I'm like, well, what do you propose I build it out? She's like, can't you like make it out of wood? I was like, no, the thing is like an egg. It's like a floating egg. 
They're yeah. great. Any like, ideas? Oh, well, I, I was still on the Nick Nolte. I was just thinking that when she asked if you could do that, you should have just gone, I have spoken. <laughs> uh, yeah i've got i've i've got a couple ideas but but uh, but I, I will encourage our listeners to email to podflix at gmail.com if you have ideas but i'm open for i'm open for spirited debate here i was my first guess is paper mache yeah so that's yeah. that's what i've come up with i ordered a big ass balloon mm-hmm. like a big ass balloon and we'll wrap it in paper mache let it dry and then cut it open yeah that feels like yeah, and, and 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 that feels like that'll come the closest to approximating the real shape. They need to sell that thing. I'd rather spend a hundred bucks on it and call it a day. Yeah, I can't believe they don't. Right, like that. That feels like it's like how would it not have come with or you know an extra accessory had the had the pod. That's an easy. That's an easy hundo for me, man. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Star Wars things, uh, I don't know if you both saw this this week, but obviously, um, movie theaters are very limited. Yeah, we did. did either I you, did see did this. Either, <laughs> did either of you happen to see what the number one movie in the box office this week was? I did. <laughs> I did indeed. Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Yep. One of we're, one we're, of my favorites. It. Uh, I believe it set the record. No. No. Sorry. It didn't set the record. Ghostbusters. The week before set the record for the longest uh, time between number one uh, weeks. I think Empire Strikes Back didn't because there was this, there was the special edition in 97 that we all saw in the theater. Five. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. 500 K it made this weekend. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. It is crazy. One that Empire Strikes Back was a number one movie and two, just so strange to see like 500,000 as like the top grossing movie. I mean, it makes sense obviously, but it's I like all who is, where it's can like, you see it? Like, well, I, I I heard that it's like there are about a thousand screens, I think, that are open overall, but like a third of them are drive-ins, and I think they're the ones that are actually doing a fair amount of business. Oh, uh, yeah, um, we had kind of mentioned drive-ins a couple weeks back. Yep. So yeah, I think that's where. Like, I know. Uh, so like you said, it was Ghost or it was uh, Empire Strikes Back this week, Ghostbusters the week before, and then I believe Jurassic Park and Jaws were also really high before that. Um, as things were starting I totally to see open. Jaws in the drive-in. Yeah. Oh, that would yeah, be great. Oh, yeah. It would be fantastic. So, kind of after reading that article, uh, like, within an hour, I saw a trailer for Tenet. That's how you pronounce that movie name, right? I believe uh, so. And at the very end, it says, only in theaters on this date. And then, like, a day later, it's like, just kidding. That movie got pushed back. Right. And it, it seems that, um, based on where we are now, like, Theaters are kind of fucked. So I actually wanted to ask you guys before we'll talk about our movie because we've been blithering on for a minute now. But um, how much do you guys care about that? You know, um, for a, and this is like taking into perspective the fact that we've had a couple of video on demand things that I found delightful personally. Secondly, the big argument for me is like there's nothing that matches the big screen and projectors are pretty reasonable now for the home. Like, do we give a shit that the movie theaters might be closing down with their $20 popcorns? Well, I certainly don't miss the 20 wouldn't miss the $20 tickets or, you know, $20 popcorns or like that kind of stuff. And I haven't, I've barely gone to movies, you know, since, you know, my, my kids were born, you know, for various reasons, just hard to find babysitters and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I still think I care. Um, 
it, almost the idea of it, even, even if I'm never going to a movie theater, I feel like the idea that it exists and people go to movies and there's sort of a communal aspect to it. I, I really do like, uh, maybe that's just nostalgia to it for a sense, you know, cause it's what, what we grew up on. I don't know. Um, but, but I, I do care. I, I feel like maybe the question is if it really does go away, am I, am I going to miss it a lot or am I going to adapt very quickly and be like, well, is it just how it is now? And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I think I largely agree. Like I literally go to the movie theaters. Well, the only time I go to the movie theaters is with Willie to see a Star Wars movie. Otherwise, I don't go to. The, I haven't been to a movie theater in years for any other reason. But oh, pro tip, pro tip for you dads: it's a great place to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go to the movie theater where they're playing a kids show and they have the reclining seats. It's like it's an expensive nap, but it's a good just a good two hours. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, oh yeah, I guess I did take my kid to see the new Mary Poppins movie. Um, but what I was going to say. Um, it's it's a fun thing to do, especially for people who have the time to do it. I think it's a great experience. So I had fun like when I was younger going to movies a lot. So I'd like other people to have that. But for my and the other thing that would have me mainly concerned is you know the reason the popcorn costs twenty dollars is because they don't make any money on the movie itself, like the movie theaters don't, right? And if that's like a revenue stream for the movie studios, and if that goes away, you know, I wonder what that does to the budgets of movies. Um, maybe nothing, but maybe it makes them go down. Um, some of these Netflix movies have some pretty big budgets. I don't think the Irishman was super cheap to make. No, but it wasn't like Avengers Endgame or you know Star Wars level money either. So, I, I like I said, it might not do anything to the movie budgets, but that's the thing that I think about is you know they make a lot of money back in these huge like opening weekends and stuff like that. Um, so you know. And I'll admit it, I like big budget blockbuster movies, so I wouldn't want yeah, that to go away. I do too. Yeah. And that, I mean, those are the only do. things I go to the theater for ever. I have a 120 inch projector in my bedroom. Ooh, humble brag. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I, did, I didn't hear any humble part of that. <laughs> it was a $700 projector. So, like, cheaper than a lot of TVs out there. There's I think the projectors. Humble part. <laughs> Projectors are pretty reasonably priced now. Like, and that's for like the 1080p 3D one. Cause when I bought it, I wanted to see Avatar in 3D again, <laughs> which I, I like. You could pretty reasonably buy a projector for cheaper than a lot of TVs now or the same price. Wait, so, I'm sorry. Can we go back to you watching Avatar in 3D at home? <laughs> yeah. We certainly can. <laughs> Did you? I do saw that, that movie. I, yes. Um, I saw this movie with you, Paul. I know, and I can't believe I'm you want to see sure it. I'm pretty sure we reviewed it. I'm pretty sure we reviewed it on Podflix forever ago. Probably. But I'm surprised you wanted to see it again. I like that movie. How many times have you seen Avatar? Thrice. Hmm. And it holds up? It's the same. It's a solid B plus with really good visuals, and you know, it's fine. Are you excited about the sequels? We talked about this. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, we, no, but we so, talked about so, this 10 so minutes much. before we started recording. I've watched The Ugly Truth twice since COVID. So, pickings are slim, is what you're saying. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, Hammer. Uh, my children like it, remarkably enough, and they find the 3D cool. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Kids like 3D. I get dizzy from it. 
It feels yeah, weird me to me. The thing that 3D wants you to focus on when I want to look around and see everything and not everything is like in focus. Right. Does, does stuff still come out in 3D or is that pretty much done? Feels like it's done. Yeah. That's fine yeah. with me, but. I think it was a gimmick to try and keep theaters going. Uh, okay. We've, we've kind of rambled enough. This week was, uh, it was a, a direct poly pick. Well, so, more of a demand than a pick, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So July 3rd, uh, transparently, this episode will come out on Wednesday, July 15th, and it is Tuesday, July 14th. Uh, July 3rd, Hamilton came out on Disney Plus, and it was pretty anticipated, not just in the month leading up, but I think for years leading up, uh, because many people didn't get to see it in the theater. It's like pretty well raved about. Um, And even, and even people, even some people who did get to see it, like say when it toured or on Broadway, didn't necessarily see it with the original Broadway cast. And this movie, you know, there was always the idea that there was going to be this filmed version that featured the original Broadway cast. Right. So came out July 3rd and I watched it July 4th with my daughter and July 5th with my daughter. (laughs) And July 9th with my daughter. I've seen the movie a couple times now. Uh, curious, um, because it's available on streaming on Disney streaming. So unlike the movie theater where you go in and buy your $20 ticket, you can just keep watching this thing. Anybody else watch it more than once? I haven't had time believe it or not to watch it more than once. Um, I actually watched it in, in, in installments, I, which is to say I watched act one and then I watched act two, like two days later. Um, but I, uh, would have <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to, to give away what I overall thought of this. I would have watched it again. Uh, um, I had the time. <laughs> yeah. Our whole family watched it on, we, we watched it on July 3rd. Um, and then, um, my 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 daughter wanted to watch she really likes the opening number so we've watched that like five or six times since then but like uh, easy, over easy enough to get to <laughs> yeah and then and then just over the weekend um i watched it again for this um in in two installments i watched act one and then i watched act two okay so this is a weird one in that it's a musical and generally we do a, a an overall plot overview like play by play almost right and then we interject and review that's a little hard with a musical so i thought the best thing to do is like just like big summary of what happens uh and then kind of dive into some 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 favorite things so why don't i i toss this over to nish for a harpy and like i mean we're hamilton right it's about alexander hamilton right when, when do when when do we start and where do we kind of we and spoiler alert we we stop when he dies (laughs) kind of kind of more than any anything else we've done lately you should see this before you listen to us uh, agreed and and hopefully more people probably have seen this one no he died it's fucking 2020 and this was a long time ago so so he dies right so So that's not much but 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 overall yeah overall this is obviously the story of alexander hamilton um, who was one of our founding fathers, the uh, first Treasury Secretary of the United States? Um, it starts uh, the the story starts in 1776, right when the revolution is beginning. 
and Hamilton is 19 and he meets up with friends. It goes through the revolution, through his rise um, to become George Washington's right hand man. Um, and, um, well, he is, I mean, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the, the show says it and he actually was, um, and, um, you know, it, it goes through his personal life as well, where it, it talks about his marriage and his close relationship with, uh, both his wife and his wife's sister. Um, it, uh, basically goes through the end of the revolution, uh, into kind of drawing up the constitution and, and the government, uh, which is basically where Act One ends, and then in Act Two, uh, we talk about it, we go through basically the um, last, uh, let's say what, uh, 10, 10 or so, or f- I guess fifteen years 15 of his so. life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fifteen years of his life, which are basically the Washington George Washington administration, where he served as Treasury Secretary, uh, the Adams administration, uh, which he was kind of fired from, and then sort of the contentious uh, election of eighteen hundred, um, which pitted. Um, Jefferson against Adams and Aaron Burr, who is uh, one of the main characters in the story. Uh, And then finally ends with the duel uh, between Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, where Alexander Hamilton lost his life. We all we all know about that from the famous Got Milk ad, which I had no idea. I looked it up the other day was directed by Michael Bay. Really? (laughs) Yes. That explains all the explosions. Yeah, he he this was this was a pre uh, movie michael bay basically he had not he he would do bad boys i think two years later um but yeah he was uh you know he was a music video and commercials director anyway we're not here to talk about the god milk video um or got got milk commercial so yeah that's that's Dude, basically the story first and foremost they got milk commercial that's got legs it does like- it does they uh they they recorded a shot for shot parody of it to promote Hamilton back in 2015 uh, oh, with, with, uh, with Le- Leslie Odom Jr. in the I remember uh, role. <laughs> That's amazing. So generally when we talk about movies, one of the things I find the three of us do is we tack on cinematography at the end. We're going to talk about me and we actually generally tack on music at the end as well. It's a musical. We're going to spend some time talking about that. But since this is a cinematic version of a stage show, I, I think it's probably appropriate to talk about that a little bit at the at the offset and then dive into the other stuff. So, sure. Paul, you've seen the show. I've seen the show live. Nish, you've not I seen I have the not. Show. Yeah, this was my first exposure to Hamilton. So, yeah, I, I'm very interested to hear how you guys feel like of the live show translated, um, you know, in, in this medium. So, yeah, yeah. all right. So, I saw... I saw Hamilton on Broadway three times. Um, so a bit of a fan there. And um, I have to say, hated it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to say my, the first time I watched it, my, ex, my reaction was actually somewhat mixed um, to the, yeah. to the film version. And the reason it was somewhat mixed is I felt like it was a bit over edited and cut to close-ups too often. And the, the movie has, uh, the show has like relatively simple staging um, and um, the set dressing is like not very complicated, but it does have this cool double turntable system in the middle of the stage. Oh, that turntable is so cool. <laughs> yeah. They play around with it a lot during the show. And I felt like with all the close-ups and stuff, it got, it was hard to get an overall sense of what was going on. And the company of the show 
um, I think is relative is on the smallish side um, for a Broadway show. Um, but they, but man, they are busy and they like, they are working hard in there. And I felt like there's just, there was just a lot of times where I'm just like, man, I just want the wide shot. Like, I just want the wide shot. I want to see what's going on on the stage. Um, and um, my, overall impression on the cinematography was like after I saw it a few times or after I saw it and thought about it for a little while and saw it again, um, I really liked it. Uh, I appreciated it a lot more the second time I saw it. And I thought like, you know, one of the things that lets you do is you can see the actors acting, like you can see their faces. Like I'm, I, you know, even though I saw it on Broadway, like I was not sitting very close and um, I couldn't, you know, couldn't, could barely make out their faces kind of a thing. And, uh, and I, I was going to ask, cause you saw it three times. Where were you sitting all three times? Were you, were you real far away? When Penny and I saw it, we were in the third row. We were like up in their biz. Oh, wow. No, I saw it. Um, I saw it in um, first Mez twice. And then um, the third time I saw it, it was like a, it was, it was a last minute decision um, because the, second person to play Hamilton was leaving. And I made a last minute decision that I wanted to see him uh, on, in his final performance. Um, Cause I thought that was like a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I bought a, I had to buy a scalped ticket, which was very expensive. And the only one I could really justify was the little very last row. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Scalping tickets for Broadway. Is it like Yankee Stadium with like the dude out front? It's like tickets, tickets, no, tickets. No, no, Are it's, you like Craigslist or how's that work? No, it's, um, you know, it's like Seat Buddy. You, you or, need a ticket? Got an extra? Yeah, no, it's it's like Seat Buddy or whatever. Like you go and tickets are resold. So um, I paid, well, let's just say I paid six times face value and um, sat in the very last row of the theater, which was kind of an interesting experience all on its own. <laughs> it's not a big theater. So like the Richard Rogers is pretty small. So I wasn't that far yeah. away. It was fine, but yeah, I was never, never that close. Um, anyway, so to go back to my, my overall point, I, I appreciated it a lot more the second time through because you did get to see them acting. I, and the thing I kept thinking about, do you guys remember um, when, you guys are old enough to remember when DVDs first came out and one of the things they pushed when they first came out was multi angle. Like you could be watching a movie and you had like an angle button on your remote and you could switch and it would show you like an alternate angle basically of the, of the scene and almost nothing took advantage of it. that I can remember like, I, I, I had a movie or something that had like the bonus features. It would show like the storyboards overlaid on top of the movie while you were watching it. If you use the alternate angle, that's the only thing I can remember. I can't remember what movie it was, but that's the only thing I can remember it used. And I just kept thinking like, man, I wish I had this for this movie because I wish there was a version where this version that we have. And then I wish there was a version that was just the whole stage. And you could kind of like watch it as if you're watching it from the middle of the house and just kind of watch the whole thing. Um, Cause I would really like, you know, I'd really like to see that again. Um, yeah. They might so put that out at some point, me. you know, if they, if they, if they make this available on Blu-ray or something like that, like they might have an alternate because that version exists, obviously like they cut this together from, I believe two different nights plus then additional film takes that didn't really have an audience so that they could actually use like steady cam shots and dolly close-ups and things like that and get the camera in places where basically, you know, people would be otherwise. Yeah. So, so, so there has so, to be a shot that that's just actually like one long performance of whatever night that was. Right. And I, I would love to get that someday, but the answer, so the ultimate answer is like, it, it grew on me and I, I wish I had the other option, but it, it did grow on me. And I, and I do appreciate the ability to see things, um, 
from an angle like I, I hadn't seen them before. I would love to know as somebody that's not seen it because um, similar feelings from this, Paul. And I think this is like a really unique theater thing. You, you have your perception based on the actors in the, in the show uh, when you go see it. So I actually have some interesting feedback on what I was watching on the, on the movie versus the, the, the actors, like some were better, some were worse. Um, but also just like where you are in the house and your experience and the things you see, some of the subtle things that I thought were missing. Um, it doesn't come across in the movie is um, as the play gets, goes on the set actually gets a little taller. I don't know if you noticed this, Paul, when you saw it, but the stairs get taller and taller and taller and taller. There's actually an interview with, I can't remember the actor's name. The guy who ended up playing Lafayette and Jefferson later. He was originally the genie in Aladdin on Broadway. Oh, yeah, James and one, of the, yeah, and one of his things he said in an interview was like, the show was you know, like singing in French wasn't hard. Going up and down the stairs was really hard because as the show goes on, the stair, as the country grows, the stairs actually get taller and taller and taller, which is not related in the movie whatsoever when you're in the theater you you will notice those things so as somebody that's never seen the show in person ish i would love to get your take on like on the uh, it's we're, we're obviously reviewing the movie versus the, the the play right like what was your take on it um i mean my take generally was i thought it was really well done i mean it, i think there really is a difference when you don't have the stage version in your head to compare it to so I, I didn't have another version that, you know, I'd seen that I was like, I wish I could see this. Like, I didn't really know what I was missing, so to speak. You know, like, sure. like some of the stuff you guys are saying, I think makes a lot of sense. And I obviously know, like, in, in terms of what you were saying, Paul, like, I, I could I could tell even without seeing it sometimes that it's like, man, like, these people are busy. Like, I really like one of the things I remember watching it with my brother that we both marveled at was like, man, like, they're doing a lot of moving behind the scenes while like the lights are like on like the, you know, the main person that you can like, you know, that people are resetting a lot and doing a lot of stuff. Um, and, and, you know, and it's pretty frenetic, uh, honestly, although, you know, you don't really see any of that, which is, you know, probably the way you want it to be. Um, but I, I mean, I, I guess what I thought overall was, um, basically what Paul said, which is that I really appreciated the opportunity to see some of the acting close up that you wouldn't really get to see otherwise. I mean, two moments that stick out very closely to me are, um, you know, close ups of Angelica during her big song satisfied, um, which were, which were really good because I, I mean, she did, you know, just a hell of a job with that. And, uh, and then, you know, the close ups on Aaron Burr after the duel at the end, when he sings the, uh, the world was wide enough song. Um, so, you know, b between like, I, I really appreciated that because I think that lent those moments, a little bit of intimacy that you can't, you can get in the show because the you know, plays by their nature are intimate, right? Like you're there, like, like you said, the theater isn't very big and it is, there's this performative aspect that you are part of the performance in a way, right? Like they're, you are the audience, they are playing to you and you lose that obviously, even in a filmed version, like, yes, we hear the audience, but that's not you, right? Like, it's like, you're not, they're not feeding off your energy. Like you're just sitting at home watching this. So in lieu of that, I appreciated that they gave us this other way to make it feel more intimate. Um, you know, you know, almost the opposite of what you would do, you know, just in a stage show. Um, so I, so I did, uh, like that, uh, overall, it, it actually made me think that, and this is just me personally, that like, this is kind of the way I would always like to see movie versions of musicals, like meaning like a, a like, 
really like a staged version that's a little more cinematic, but like is clearly on a stage. Like I, I like that. Like I, I, I don't know. Like when I think about it, it's like, you know, any musical I've seen, like even ones that I like a lot, it's like, would I have liked them less if they were shot in this way? And it's like, no, probably not. I probably would have liked them even more a little bit. And maybe that's just me liking plays and musicals to begin with. It's, it's, it's not, a, it's not a substitute mind you. Like I still would want to go and see them. But, uh, but I, I, you know, I liked it. It's possible your view is a little skewed by the, the, the cat's butthole fiasco. <laughs> uh, we should probably talk about the music. Uh, like we'll dive into a lot here, but like off the top, Paul and I've listened to this a ton and seen it a ton. And this is kind of new to you. And I know you've heard some of the music Nish, but um, I hadn't heard much to be honest. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, like just what you hear through osmosis. Like I knew yeah. I basically, you know, I had heard the opening number. I had heard my shot and yeah. I probably, so, there were snippets of other songs that when they came, I was like, Oh, like uh, I've heard yeah, this, you know, Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Like, like when, right. when the King songs come and it got to the, that, 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 I, that, like, it's like, Oh, I've heard this thing. Like, I just yeah. didn't know what it was. So I think we should talk a, a secondary question about our favorite tracks, but I wanted to ask, um, there's something I did actually on this that I recommend to some folks. Like my, when my parents saw it, it didn't quite land. And one of the recommendations is the second time I watched it, I actually put closed caption captioning on i put i i had closed captioning on the whole time that i watched it and i definitely thought like i like afterwards i like i was thinking like i like should recommend this to my parents and then i was like but they have to watch it with closed captions they will not be able to you know yeah. they're, they're, they're getting hard of hearing and you know it, well i was gonna ask how was the tempo for you when you're in person i think it lands a little different on screen i found it to be a little quick to follow along with the words and maybe that's because when you're sitting in your living room you got phones and computers and shit to distract you when you're at a theater you're there yeah right yeah uh, but I, I wanted to ask you nish like I guess you watch with closed captions. I did. But I to see, I, like I, how much sunk in. No, and how no, hard no. Was it to yeah, follow along? yeah. I watched it with captions, but I, I do think it would have. I, I do think it would have been tough at times if I hadn't had the captions. I mean, certainly when you get to like the Lafayette song and stuff like that, where it's just like, like rapid fire. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, there are definitely moments where it helps. I think just to have the. I mean, some of it was just a. You know, I mean, some of the you know, the rhymes and the, you know, the wording is quite inventive and you wouldn't really hear it as well, at least not here. You know, like you said, it maybe lands better in person um, than mm -hmm. it, than it does kind of, uh, but yeah, I, uh, yeah. So I, I use the captions and I think it was kind of, it helped. Okay. So I'll assume Paul knew every fucking word of this. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> that would so be correct. Stand out. So without digging through like every number, but um, standout songs, I have a couple that definitely landed for me in theater, but um, standout songs and, and parts of the, of the show that like landed heavily for you, Paul. So I think that the biggest, the biggest thing that was elevated for me from the, from in the film version is pretty much um, all of Eliza's songs, um, like Helpless, especially. And I think there's, I think that's twofold. One is, um, you know, her, her stuff. 
I think her, I think that role is a very hard role. And, you know, Philippa Sue did a way better job than any of the people that I saw in that role. Um, and so that was like, it was just a more engaging performance. And um, especially in, in act two, like her songs are much smaller and more intimate. So her songs really benefited from that camera being able to get up close um, and in there. And, what I find myself, but what I overall, what I find myself really liking is, um, you know, the helpless and satisfied duet of those two songs. You know, the 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 courtship of Eliza basically by Hamilton, as seen from two different points of view, right? One from Eliza's, and then the same thing from Angelica's point of view. Um, that hit much stronger in the film version for me. Um, and the one thing that I wanted to bring up that actually landed weaker for me um is kind of the is the the yorktown song the song where they win the war um that is towards the end of act one um that is in when i saw the stage performance like that is a you know the definition of a bringing down the house number like you know you you are feeling triumphant and awesome and you know you're you're a little bit into the show but not super far you have a lot of energy and like it just is just like an explosion of emotion when that song gets to the end and um which which i felt like the film version can't quite doesn't quite reach um but um so so those are kind of the 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 two different like dichotomies of stuff that i thought some of it got better some of it you know a little bit less i i liked all the king songs um getting the super close-ups um on jonathan groff uh, um was very cool um even when he spits and drools in his first number i thought it was uh, awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, turns out like, um, uh, uh, not that we're going to do trivia on this, but I just learned this today, which was like, that was, that was something he does intentionally. I mean, Broadway actors in general, they spit and stuff when they performing, they're trying to enunciate very loudly. Um, but he apparently the story is would take a big drink of water before he came out for that number and kind of, you know, keep his mouth wet as it were so that he does that because apparently the real King George had a serious problem like with that. And it got much, much, much worse as he kind of like went more insane. Um, and we're just like drool and spit and foam at the mouth and all this stuff. And he kind of wanted, he intentionally wanted to bring some of that to that performance. Uh, Dude, it's a different time now. As soon as I see that, I'm like, don't spit. Yeah. Like, germs. <laughs> yeah, there is that, but yes. So, but I thought, I thought, Again, that's like those are more intimate bits. Like they're very close up, and um, getting to see like the extreme close ups on that um, was, was was very cool. And and I thought that in general, um, a lot of the the Act Two songs land better in the film version um, because I, I I guess I don't even know the the reason, but um, maybe because it's like you know. You know, the second half of a biography, right? It's like a life kind of on the downswing kind of a thing. And like they always end on a downer because biographies end with the death of the main character, um, by and large. And um, so to have like, you know, history has its eyes and like there's, there's just like, oh, the, sorry, one last time, like there's just more intimate songs in Act Two and they benefit from this kind of film adaptation. That's hmm. anything stand out for you, Nish? <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, the first thing I was going to say was, was the same one that Paul said, which is the, like the helpless satisfied combo was the first was, was 
the first point where like, or, or it was the point where it was just kind of like, all right, like, like this is really awesome. Like, like that was like really impressive. Like I think everything about it, like it was just, you know, really well sung and choreographed choreographed. And I really liked the way that they depicted sort of the rewind and kind of going through everything again in the second song um, was just, it was just really well done. Um, so that was uh that, that was one, um, you know, the, 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 the King songs are just such crowd pleasers. I mean, it, you know, I, I told my brother, I was like, you know, I was like, if, if we were in high school and like were afforded the opportunity to do Hamilton or something, it's like, this is the part I would want. I mean, one, cause I don't really have faith in my ability to rap at all, but also <laughs> just cause it's like, you're barely on stage and you just can bring the house down three times. You know, it's like, it, it's such a like fun role, uh, to do. Um, but, um, I, it's interesting to me having not heard most of the songs, how, like which ones kind of stick in my head afterwards, uh, a lot. And, and again, I, I think it's mostly ones that have more of a melody just cause it's easier for me to sing along with them a little bit. Um, but it's been surprising to me a little bit. I think one thing that surprised me, and I know this will sound silly to anyone who's seen Hamilton or been with Hamilton for a really long time, but even with all the hype, even knowing that I was still pleasantly surprised at just how much the soundtrack stuck in my head afterwards and like how like I just like couldn't get it out of my head at all and how like songs would be in my head and then other songs would come in you know and it's like like day to day like it's been you know what probably a week and a half since I've watched this and um you know and and it's still like different songs are like sticking themselves in my head every day today it's Washington on your side um so it's like you know it's, it's just you know, and, and like very random ones too, because that's not a song necessarily I would have thought would have gotten in my uh, head, but here it is. Um, no, nah, that's so, one that grows on you. That's a really good song. Yeah, it is. Totally. I mean, they're, they really like start to finish. Like it's, it's, there are like, I, I guess one thing I will say, um, Paul is it's interesting that you mentioned the, uh, about the Yorktown song, the, the, the world turned upside down song, um, about how it didn't quite land for you because I will say like, I didn't see, the show, right? So I don't have like that frame of reference, but I would also say didn't like, I didn't feel what you said, like, you know, you said in, in when you see it live, you feel like, you know, blood pumping triumphant. And it's like, I didn't feel that either. You know, it, it felt like, it's like, okay, next song. Like, like that was good. Next song, like it def. So I, I would agree with you on that. Um, and I, I felt more that way. I, I felt like where I felt that way a lot more were, a lot of the hip hop songs that I won't be able to sing along to, but the ones that like, those are the ones that really got my blood pumping. A lot of times, I think just the speed of it, like was very exciting. Like I found, I found like the cabinet battles in the second act, like really cool and really exciting. Um, you know, like, like the, the things like that. So that, yeah, there was a lot that I didn't know at all in the show. Um, that was really impressive, which, which I thought was really cool. You know, I, I kind of, you hear a couple of the songs like in wide release and they were great, you know, obviously there's a reason that you, that everyone knows those songs, but it's kind of impressive. Like the ones I didn't know how good they were. I think you guys have added almost every bit of color that I would, but the the one thing I want to add to it for me, um, the female leads in the show, I think like everybody's phenomenal. Um, but the melody and the singing lands pretty heavily on King George and the George and the female leads. Right. Uh, and And Aaron, Aaron Burr a little bit too on a a couple of his songs, but yeah, the, the definitely the two female leads are have a lot. And I don't know if it's the byproduct of who the actresses were when I saw it or just watching this, but Renee Elise Goldsberry, who played Angelica, like 
every scene she was in like landed really really heavy for me like i thought she was phenomenal um and then frankly my favorite song in hamilton is it's quiet uptown uh i have not it's a devastating song both times i've seen it like live and the three times i watched it i cried all three times um much more heavily in theaters, uh, like seeing it in person, but that's a heavy song and thought even on screen, it, it carried really, really well. Um, the other song that's my favorite is dear Theodosia. So I, I, I seem to really like, I enjoy the hip hop and the, and the, and the, and the, and the the fast, um, you know, the fast rap type of type of stuff going on here. But, but the, but the melodies in this thing are just fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And those were my, those were my favorite tracks. I wanted to get from you favorite tracks going in Paul and has that changed and niche fresh years, favorite track coming out of it. I mean, that's tough because it's wall to wall blockbusters. I, I, I mean, I really like the room where it happens and I feel like the film version does it really, really well. So, um, you know, that's, that stayed, um, a favorite for sure. Um, I, the, I really like the coming into it, the other like little, I don't know what to call it. Like, it's not quite a triplet, but like the, um, the bit of guns and ships leading into history has its eyes on you leading into Yorktown was probably my favorite little part of the album coming into it. And, um, like I said, it didn't quite hold up coming out of it. Um, although, although like, I know we'll talk about like individual performances in a bit, but like Jesus Christ, like David Diggs is like charming as hell and it's impossible. He's great. Yeah. Uh, every scene he's in is great, yeah. especially for me when he, when he plays Jefferson. I agree. Yes. Yes. Um, like didn't quite land so much for me with Lafayette, but Jefferson, like, holy shit, he's amazing. Yeah. So, and, and then I would say like, yeah, the, um, the other bit that I like quite a bit is the other thing that I like is, um, the stay alive and 10 dual commandments, um, bits that kind of go together. Um, and they do a good job. Um, and I, and I do really like them here. Um, but again, uh, the the 10 dual commandments is a heavy turntable based, song like they the choreography makes heavy use of the turntable and i feel like it gets lost a little bit um in the editing that happens like it's hard to appreciate you know exactly how much they're doing as this thing is spinning around and these two people are facing off against each other um but like music music wise like those are yeah those are definitely some of my favorite songs um and um yeah and the the ones Again, the ones I gained the most appreciation of are like anything Philippa Sue was singing because um, she just crushes that role in a way I no one else I've seen in it has done. So, how about you, Nish? Ooh, that's hard. Uh, yeah, it's it's really hard to pick out a few. And and like I said, like I think probably my thoughts on it are still evolving. Um, although it's one of the ones that you know I've I've heard. Um, it, it was like maybe the only one that I'd heard like a whole bunch of times before um, watching the show. Like I, I, I mean, I'll still put, you know, the, the opening Alexander Hamilton um, uh, song up there. 
uh, as, as, as one of my favorites. Um, it's, it's just one, it's, it's just such a succinct, great introduction, um, with, you know, that kind of introduces all the characters and all that. I, I think it does a really good job. Um, I mean, a, a couple of the ones that you've, that you guys have already mentioned, I would, I would agree with, I guess, I don't know that this is my favorite, but one that we haven't mentioned that, um, that I really just liked the vibe of, and it's like kind of a, maybe a forgotten one. I don't know. Would be, um, would be, I, I really liked the music vibe of say no to this. Um, mm. you know, just, just, it's got this slinky kind of feel and kind of like, I, I, yeah, I, I really liked the way that that one came across. It really like fit, uh, kind of what was going on and, and without kind of feeling very different, uh, from the overall, uh, vibe. Um, yeah. And, you know, I already mentioned Washington on your side. I really like the, uh, the, the fast rap part that kind of comes towards the end of Washington on your side, uh, you know, with the Southern motherfucking democratic Republicans part. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll say this much. It hurts but... my soul that they cut that. That's, that's the fuck they should have kept in this song. By, I know, right? by, by, it's the best one in yeah. the show. Which, which is the one they kept? Was it the, the sit down, John? Was that the one they kept or like, I, I felt like I, I felt, I saw the, I saw that they were keeping one of them and then I thought I heard them all bleeped, but maybe I was wrong. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, God, you're right. Um, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> you know, I'll say this much about the show is, um, and I think this is what makes it, makes it special musically. There's no throwaways. Like every song is pretty good. Yeah, I, I I agree. I was I was like when you just asked this question, I had to like pull up the soundtrack to like just try to remember like like make sure I'm not forgetting anything. And just looking through it, it was like, geez, holy shit! Like this is like 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 you said, Paul, just like a, just a list of blockbusters like straight down. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, let's move to individual performances, and then like I don't. I don't think there's much more to dive into after that. Like aside from recommendations, whether you should see it or not, it sounds pretty straightforward how we feel. So, um, first time uh, I got to see Lin Manuel Miranda. We should probably kick it off with uh, you know star of the show and go from there. So, uh, my, I guess my thought is, um, and I don't think this is a contrarian view, but maybe the weak link of, of, of the main cast. I mean, it's a weird thing to say about the guy who's the fucking creator of it. And he's obviously amazing. Um, and he's very invested in, in the performance. And I thought that was really cool. Like there, there's a lot of emotion on display in, in what he does. And I don't mean like, you know, just for the sake of being emotive, I think like you can really feel that he is feeling kind of what you go through. So I think he did a great job, but like singing wise, I, you know, I, I did feel a little bit like it's like, you know, he's, he's up against some really, really well cast, great people who are giving just amazing performances. So yeah, I, I, I don't think that's a contrarian view. In fact, I think that's your take is exactly right. It's, it's the <laughs> yeah. The standard yeah. view. Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> and um, you know, when I finished it up, like my wife finished watching like the last 30 minutes of her show with me and we finished and we were talking about it. And what I said to her at the time was like, I mean, he wrote the whole damn thing. Like if he wants to star in it, that's fine. He's entitled. Um, but absolutely. He, yeah. And, and I think, and I think that's kind of what you want, right? Like he, 
as a creator of the show, wanted to surround himself with like the best people he possibly could. Um, and probably like the, the best outcome would be that he would look the weakest in like, I think like interviews him to bear out the fact like he'll be the first to admit, like he's not the best singer in the world and stuff right. like that. Right. Um, and you know, based on what I've seen in the show, like not the best dancer, um, like they <laughs> cut down his, his, he has like far less choreography than most, um, people in the show. And I think for good reason. Um, so I, yeah, I would, I would agree that like, he's good. Like, I don't, I don't see him in cringe or anything. Like I, you know, I, I like him plenty. Um, but of, of the original cast, yeah, he's probably the weakest. Right. What was surprising to me is, um, I've heard this soundtrack at nauseam on Spotify. He sounds far better on Spotify. Well, he's been produced and, you know, he got as many takes as he wanted, and you know, yeah, it's it's it's, that, it's interesting. But everybody though. else, everybody else sounded good on Spotify and exactly the same on stage. Or, or actually, I I preferred in some cases the the stage or the the filmed version to the uh to the soundtrack yeah. version. Like I I liked like Jonathan Groff songs more um on on stage than uh, the soundtrack. Uh, quite a few of of uh, Leslie Odom Juniors. I, w- I would say I, I preferred him on the stage. I felt like he gave it, there was like a little more like grit in, in his performance on, on stage than on the soundtrack, which makes some sense. You know, yeah, there, there's like more adrenaline flowing. And it's worth pointing out that, I mean, the original cast recording was made, you know, at the beginning of the run. And this was filmed right. basically right at the end of the run of the original cast. Right. And their performances have evolved, you know, over that year. And which is just interesting to hear the differences, you know, the different choices that they're making towards the end of the run than, than they are at the beginning. And I, I agree with you, Nish. I think like a lot of the changes, if not most of them are changes for the better. better between, yeah. Yeah. The original cast recording. Yeah. Uh, we, we can kind of zip through many other folks in the cast. We, we've kind of touched on it. We all seem to really revere Philippe Sue's, um, you know, Eliza. I've told you, I really liked Renee, Elise Goldsberry's Angelica far more than anybody that I saw. And frankly, more than the recording, Jonathan Goff was solid. I find that, I, sorry, I want to go back for a second. Like I, I find that funny because I, I assume you and I both saw Mandy Gonzalez, um, her take on it. Um, and I actually think I liked her take better than huh. Renee Goldsberg. She's a great singer. Don't get me wrong. She has a great performance. Um, maybe this is just like, you love the first person you see in the role kind of a thing. Um, and mm, I'm willing, not for me. And <laughs> I like her more. Yeah. Um, and I think, but yeah, I think um, really, I think the, 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 the ones I wanted to point out, like, David Diggs, we talked about briefly, crushes it way better. Like I've seen three other people in the role. Like every performance I went to had a different one. Um, James Monroe Egelhart is still doing it, which I can't believe um, is really good, but very different. But David Diggs, super charming. The one person I wanted to bring up is the guy who plays um, um, Hercules Mulligan and Adams. Who? Oh, um, gosh, how do you even pronounce his name? Everybody just calls him Oak. Um, Okay. And Oak Ano Darwin? Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know. I really uh, liked I I really liked with him how different those betrayals are between Hercules Mulligan and James Madison. Yeah, and he's great. And I, I the first time we went, I actually saw him. He was still around okay. and big crowd favorite. And I think and then having seen him in it and then having seen other people in it, 
man, that role is so tough for anybody else that's not him. Like you, you have to be like this big bear of a guy and you have to be larger than life. And it's a really tough role that I don't think anyone else has been able to nail, but he's distinct voice too, right? Super distinct yeah. voice. Um, and he's, he's really good in on, on both sides for sure. Um, and we haven't talked about Leslie Oldham Jr. Who is like amazing as, as Burr, like, like he has, I think the most bringing down the house numbers and he crushes them. Um, like, you know, everything, everything he sings is amazing. Um, and a really good dancer too. Yeah. And, and I think it's a really, um, one, one choice of his that I liked a lot. I don't know, maybe other Aaron Burrs do this as well. Um, but he's got that smile on his face almost the entire show, right? Like when he's in, when he's doing the narration, uh, in between, you know, every, every time, uh, that he comes out, you know, is the, how does the whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and as the show goes on, it's like you read that smile as more and more like bittersweet, like, like it, it, as his fortunes kind of get stuffed down more and you get, you know, it's like you, it, and I, I just thought it was a really good choice. Like, like it really filled that character out in, in a certain way, kind of, kind of playing him that way. Dumb question. Was Leslie Odom senior somebody we should know? I have no idea. That is a good question. <laughs> He's not someone I know. I don't either. Right. Uh, is there anybody else in the cast we want to chat through? I think we kind of hit the high notes there. We haven't really talked about Washington, who I thought was really solid, not standout, not average, just like solid. Yeah, he's he strikes me as like I don't want to use the word ham, but he struck me as somebody who was really milking their performance quite a bit. Um, and having seen Chris Jackson and other things, like that's kind of a consistent vibe that I get from him. Um, that being said, like he's you know he's really good. Like I I really like him, but I always felt like he's I don't know he's like holding his notes a little bit too long, singing like a little bit too loud. Like, I don't know. I just, I just kind of got that impression from him that he was really, I, like, I yeah, I, I, I kind of know what you mean. I mean, he's still, I mean, he's a very good singer still though. And uh, you know, I really, I probably liked one last time the most for out of his numbers uh, and, and, and things where he was kind of going on just cause you know, it's, it's a little more subdued <laughs> overall. So well, I, I think that helps. Apparently he was um, the voice of Chief Two in Moana. No, not the so. voice. He's the singing voice. Right. Uh, the chief. The chief voice in Moana is the guy who does um, Django Fett from. Right. Uh, I, I, I can't remember that guy's name. Yeah. yeah. But he. But yeah, Chris Jackson is the singing voice. And now when you watch Moana, you could totally hear it. You're like, oh yeah, that's definitely him. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else. Philip Sue does a few singing parts in Moana too. I, I can't remember who she is. Okay. So I think we've wrapped a bow on this pretty neatly. We should slap some grades, not on Hamilton, the musical that we've seen on stage, not on Hamilton, the soundtrack we've listened to many times, but like on the actual movie on, on the filmed so, adaptation, so to speak. Of live now streaming now on Disney plus. So I will start with Paul. No, please end with me. I'm going to go last. <laughs> okay. I will start with m- me. I wanted to start with somebody that's seen the play, sure. seen the movie, 
go to Nish and then wrap up. So um, I think you should see this. If you've seen the play, you're still going to enjoy it. I still recommend closed captioning. Even if you've seen the play and know every word, it's helpful. There were things when I saw the play where I'm like, oh, man, I kind of missed like those two lines, which were... I think anything, everything in this play, like the lyrics, the melody, the way the words are, the, the velocity in the words are strung together. It's like the musical version of Aaron Sorkin's writing. Uh, you should ingest every single word of it. Uh, I did enjoy the cinematography. Um, I knew what was going on, so I didn't feel too much was lost in the first time. And every subsequent viewing, it got better for me. So movie, four out of five. Play five out of five, but movie four out of five for me. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's really impossible for me to grade this apart from it being like, you know, the music and the musical and all that. Cause I never, I didn't see any of that stuff. So I was seeing it all at the first time. So I guess the only, the main thing I'll just say is that I, I'm not going to say I was primed to not like this. Cause that's not true, but there, there were f- what five years of hype that I had to endure going into this, having not seen it. That is a lot to live up to. I mean, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen something that was as hyped for as long as this was like before I saw it. Like, I don't think ever. I can't think of anything. Cause usually I don't wait that long before seeing one of those kinds of things. Um, and so, you know, I really like, I hate to come across as a fanboy, but like, I, I can't not, you know, it, it was that good. And I, like, I, there's no one I wouldn't recommend this to, um, I, I think I, I, I felt like, you know, it's uh, nothing is a substitute for seeing a live Broadway musical, but I felt like I got a pretty good sense of what the show was all about from the filmed version. And that's about as much as you could have asked for from a filmed version of, you know, of, of, of a musical. Um, I, I think it felt, it felt vital. It felt exciting. I can't get it out of my head. So yeah, I mean, I have to give it a five out of five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, like, like, again, I'm kind of giving that to like everything because there's no way I can like say like, well, in the way it was filmed, because it's like, I have nothing to compare it to. Like, I don't, I can't say like, oh, like I can't be like Paul and say like, I wish I had been able to see this part that I could see in a wide shot or something like that. Because I have no idea what I was missing. Yeah, but yeah. that's good context. So if you've never seen Hamilton, I think in the I theater, think I, I think if you've never seen Hamilton and you wanted to see Hamilton, I think if you never seen Hamilton, wanted to see Hamilton, then you have already seen this. Because come on, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but <laughs> but if somehow you haven't or you like are weighing whether to like you know pay the money for Disney Plus or something like that, it's like go get the free trial and see this thing. Come on. Um. So for me, there. Uh, <laughs> The opposite of Nish, there was probably nobody more primed to love this movie than I was, um, <laughs> being you know being the super fan that I am, um, and I think that um, I, I probably came across as relatively negative in a lot of the comments that I made, but um, I I do I did really like it, like in the end, like and the thing that stuck out to me watching it um, this past time, the second time um, was there's a lot going on in the background and having it available in this form, you can pick up new stuff on subsequent rewatching. It benefits greatly from rewatching because it's so dense and there's so much going on. Um, I think you guys are nuts for watching it with closed captioning on, but that's just me. Um, But yeah, there's a lot to, there's a lot to gleam and the, 
what I think really should be celebrated is this is like theater in an accessible way that you don't often get. Like live theater is great. I love it. I am fortunate that I live relatively close to New York and I have the means to see Broadway shows um, um, on a fairly regular basis. Um, most people don't have access to that. So having access to watch this, I think is amazing. Um, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda mentioned that in the first day that this was available on July 3rd, more people watched it uh, on Disney plus than had ever seen it before combined. Um, and that's just sort of like a great thing to make that kind of thing accessible. And I, and I hope more shows do it. Like, honestly, I do. Um, you know, my kid could never sit through a Broadway movie uh, musical, but you know, she can watch this movie with, with a couple of breaks. So I hope there's more stuff like that that comes out. Um, yeah, I do wish I do wish I had the wide shot available, but I don't. But I am super happy with what we have. I love it. Um, just talking about it now got me jazzed. I'm going. I was like, I, I kind of want to watch it um, again. I'll probably go back and watch like a couple numbers to see them again. So yeah, I think this this movie is. I mean, I have to give it. I have to give it a five out of five. The, the musical is obviously a five out of five, but um, you know, for something that I started off going like. Uh, this is different than what I was expecting. Um, but I, I gave it a chance on its own terms and, you know, it, I see the value in it and it won me over and, you know, I, I, I like it. I like it quite a, quite a lot. And, you know, if you have the means to go see it, please do. It's, it's something different. Watching this though, doesn't take away from that. I think if you're interested in musical theater or, uh, or Hamilton specifically, like, you don't need to like save yourself to see a live performance of it. I think you can get a lot out of both and you should, you should watch this. I never thought I'd be the low rating at four. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, one, one, one piece of feedback that I would love to send up. And I've got a buddy that was the VP of engineering for Disney plus. I'd love to send this up the rung. Um, there was a couple times where I wanted to hear specific songs. I wish I could skip to the song. I agree. I, 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 so I, I mentioned I only watched this once, but I have fast forwarded or, you know, skipped around on my phone to watch like individual numbers since then, like here and there. And yeah, I agree. Having, having some kind of, you know, tracks or something like that, where I could kind of go specific to the beginning yeah. of at least something. I really wanted it to, um, the first time I was a little distracted when dear Theodosia came on. I really wanted to go back to it. And like, I kind of had to pull up the soundtrack on Spotify to be like, uh, where does that fall in the list of things? And like r- rewind fast forward to like hunt and find it. Right. You know, I think it's funny that you love that song because that might be my least favorite song in the show. And like when I listen to the cast recording, like that's the song I skip over when it comes up. I'm just like, yeah, I got it. All right, moving on. Yeah, it's it, it's also interesting to me. Like it's a song I don't remember very well, but like I've noticed that like in the couple days since when I've like looked for Hamilton stuff on like YouTube, say, and it's like celebrity singing Hamilton, like an inordinate number of people like choose that song to sing. So it's like, so I definitely want to give it another try and, and kind of go back to it and got it. Cause I, I also feel like I can't remember, but I may have been slightly distracted. Something might've been going on at home or something right during that point. Cause I don't remember it well either. And that yeah. is it's in like, contrast to the rest of the, the show. I, I don't know the term for this niche. Maybe, you know, maybe I assume there is a term for this and maybe you know what it is, but like, it is one of those like 
rest songs where it's like the staging is very simple. The set dressing is like minimal. There's no choreography. It's just right. two people singing. It's just, just the two people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a big, a giant song just happened and another giant song is coming. And it's like, everybody just needs to catch their breath for two minutes. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that, yeah, I don't know the name for it. Like you said, I, I, I know there is a name for that, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, okay. but yes, chapter selection would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I absolutely will also, like you said, Paul, go go back and be watching this or pieces of this like very, very soon. And I will probably do it without closed captions. I feel like I, I liked knowing what the words were in the beginning, but now that I've heard it once or twice, I can probably do without it. Hamilton, we did it. We did it. I would say... <laughs> This is probably the longest tease podcast Podflix episode of all time as well. Yes, that's true. That's true. We teased this like five weeks ago. Yeah. 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 I can't believe this. This was a movie that was supposed to come out in October of 2021. And they moved it all the way up to July. That's crazy. Yeah. A year over a year. Yeah. That, that really is crazy. I'm glad though. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And it seems like it certainly worked out for them in terms of, yeah, just, the number of people who have watched it. Is there anything coming? We're moving past Hamilton now. Is there anything coming up in the near future you are remotely excited about seeing? I mean, if, you know, if, if I, if it came out in theaters and I, when I felt like I could go to a theater, like I am excited to see Tenet. Like what, what, what if whatever, they did it on it, home video, uh, if it came out on VOD, would you get it right away? I would, I would. I mean, I, I love Christopher Nolan movies, so I'm, I'm always excited for whatever the next Christopher Nolan movie is. So, um, yeah, I, that, that is one that I would be very excited for. It's just that if it really does come out in theaters, then I'm not going to see it. Cause I'm not going to a theater. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that movie too. Um, I think I, 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 I don't fall over myself for Christopher Nolan the way some people do. Um, but I, but I do like him quite a bit. Um, there's no power on this earth that could get me into a movie theater. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I will see it when it comes out on video, as they say, what do they, That's what do right. they say now? Like it, the, we used to say it comes out on home video, but what do you say now when it comes out? Like comes out on video on demand, comes out on yeah. streaming. No, they say video on demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They usually say video on demand, or or like if it's already out, sometimes they'll say like now streaming, and it'll okay. just say that. Well, I'll catch it when it's on VHS at Blockbuster. Uh, so weekly we make a little agenda and talk about what, and basically list out what we're going to talk about, and then in general, I put a little tab at the bottom with our watch list for the week, and and prolifically now for. 15 years um, as since we started this this podcast. Uh, Paul's initiatives sit blank and mine has some stuff on it. <laughs> One day I'll watch something. <laughs> Before I get to some of the, the, the points. Do you want, did, did you did, want to hear about season six of The Amazing Race? Because I watched that this week. <laughs> uh, I watched this movie Lovebirds uh, with what is his name? Uh, the guy from Silicon Valley. Which guy from Silicon uh, Valley? Thomas Middleditch? The in- no, no, the end. Oh, Kumail Nanjiani? Yeah, he's yeah. Pa- he's uh, Pakistani, actually. Oh, really? Okay. So, in the beginning, he and his girlfriend are breaking up. His, his girlfriend is like, we should do The Amazing Race. And, he'd be like, and he was like, we'd be terrible on that show. What makes you think we'd be good on that show? And immediately thought of Paul. 
but before I dive into some of my viewing habits, anything else? You guys watch anything? Uh, no, I, I'm trying to think. Have I seen anything? I don't, I, I don't think so. No. I, yeah, nope. I, I, I will have something. I, I will watch something between now and, uh, our next, uh, episode. I had my first Apple plus experience this week, which is a bit of a teaser in that, um, I, I actually zip through irresistible, uh, which is the, um, John Stewart movie, uh, starring Steve Carell. And I watched this movie by Bryce Dallas Howard called dads. Uh, and then, um, I was going to watch Greyhound this week, but I did not. You guys saw it on my list and then it zipped off and probably too transparently. I I, I didn't watch them via Apple plus I I got them on the internet (laughs) video store. Ah, the old internet video store. (laughs) You remember that video store I used to shop at back in the day? I do. (laughs) Uh, And I use Plex. I have, I download it. I have them on my computer and I stream it via Plex. So yeah, of course Plex. That thing that <laughs> we can get that thing we all use. <laughs> we can get in we can get into the content of this stuff. We'll do a mini flicks on Irresistible. Uh and dads I thought might be interesting for us to talk about because Because we're dads. We're all dads. It's true. Guilty as charged. <laughs> But what, what do you what do you know about Plex? Because I actually found the experience quite delightful, and I thought I'd do a soft sales pitch to you, and and maybe get some feedback from listeners on us doing this. I know that it is a thing that you signed us up for, and I didn't sign you up. You had an account. Well, there, there you go. You you, you gave me an account, <laughs> and okay. uh, the the main page of it is like uh, black and yellow. That's about it. <laughs> How about you, Paul? Um, I, I mean, I think I know. What, what did Plex used to be called before it was Plex? Uh, oh, there was many forks. It used to be XBMC for Xbox Media Center yes. long before. Yes, I had I had a modded Xbox 360 that had XBMC on it once upon a time. Um, no, it's a basically, my understanding is like a, it's a home media server type repository library DLA, right? Yeah. So there's two versions, right? There is the server version in which hosts video files, and there is the client version that just plays the files. So there are applications for Apple TV, Amazon Fire Stick. There's one on like Samsung TVs. They have them for your iPhone and and Android. Uh, So if anybody has a Plex media server that has some media on it, you can then stream it right to your Apple TV as long as that machine is on and and saying, yeah, it's cool to share with this specific person. One of the things I think is cool about it, so I would... So let me, issue, let me ask you a question yeah, about this. So yeah, yeah. what is the advantage of that versus just having a file server and streaming the files off of there and watching them? What's the client used to, to stream it with an Apple TV? Um, I guess I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no, when you have, um, smart devices uh, there, unless you're going to plug your computer into the TV screen, there's kind of no easy way to do it. Right. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
That's the big advantage. All right. Makes sense. And then, Plex, like, I, will, I will allow you to continue to exist. You've justified yes. yourself to me. <laughs> There's all types of other like stuff that is above board. Like, you know, you can install apps onto it, like your Spotify or they keep pushing title, which I'm surprised is still a thing. Um, oh man. And title. there's, yeah, they also have very many free sources. Like they have baked into it. Apparently IMDB has movies that you can watch for free and stream right off of IMDB. Okay. Who knew? I didn't know that. Yeah. And some of them are not bad. Um, and they're trying to make it like the, the place, like your, your media viewing homepage, if you will. But point of me telling you all this is um, one of the cool features that I've found, I know a couple people that have used this is if there's a Plex media server running somewhere and, and if you have access to it, there's a feature called watch together and you can watch with multiple people at the same time and, and the pause button, everything is synced all together. And there's multiple iterations of this. There's one, for Netflix, I think called Netflix Party. Uh, but I thought it might be cool for a future episode to watch this Greyhound movie all together at the same time and do like a MST 3000 type of running dialogue. And, and I wanted to get feedback from you guys live and then maybe get some emails from listeners. And is that weird? And what's the mechanics of that? No, I think it's, I think it's a good idea. And we'll definitely be just as funny as mst3k um (laughs) but i think do people know what that is anymore yeah it it came back for a while and it was it did yeah yeah i don't was that i was on on netflix right i think i i don't i don't know i didn't actually watch it um no i think i think it'd be a fun little experiment i think people might get a kick out of it especially for something that like people haven't necessarily watched, they could, um, you know, fire up the podcast, sync it up to their, you know, their copy of whatever we're watching and watch along with us and get to hear us, you know, make our very, very funny jokes and observations as we watch along how, with them. How do we tell them like, okay, this is on the screen now. So sync up here. Like, how, how do you tell them this is where we're at? Yeah. What I've seen in the past is, is effectively that it's like, you know, I, you know, you know, we are at, you know, time code zero, 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 and we're pressing play in three, two, one, and Go. everybody goes. And then Plex buffers for 45 seconds and you're fucked. Well, <laughs> that I can't do anything about, but. Right. So we'll give that a whirl. Greyhound. Any interest in this movie, by the way? I'm interested. It's It sounds like it's uh, pretty good. I like, uh, so this is, this is uh, Tom Hanks and it's a war movie, right? Yeah, and it's about um, like World submarine. War Two. Yeah, well, he's not on the submarine, but like it's right. It's World War Two convoys heading to Europe. They get attacked by U-boats and kind of dealing with all that. And um, I don't generally like war movies, but this these kind of films I am a sucker for. Like the kind where you know, like somebody gives an order and has to be relayed to like six different people, and then like the ship starts to turn and all that stuff. Like I love I love those intricacies of that kind of stuff. That's why I love submarine movies. Like they're kind of um, complicated and mechanical and um, you know we have like different people have limited information and it's like all about communicating effectively and stuff like that I love that stuff so I am totally on board for this kind of movie I'll say this much uh, we'll talk in more depth about Irresistible but thus far less than impressed with Apple Plus content 
have you guys ingested anything from there and any don't need to dive deep, but anything standing out for you or, or, or is it more of the same? I have not uh, ingested anything from Apple plus. No, I haven't either. Um, I mean, I've heard stuff is good. I've heard for all mankind is good. Um, it's like, you know, alternate history about the space race, which mm-hmm. sounds like it should be right up my alley. There's no particular reason I haven't watched it, but I haven't. Um, and I've heard some other stuff is good. Like I've heard, um, um, what's the, um, I have a friend who's a scenic and, um, did a bunch of work on Dickinson, um, which I've heard like uh, Haley Steinfeld, right? Yeah. Which I've heard good things about. So, um, yeah, there's, there's stuff I've been semi interested in checking out, but there's nothing, there hasn't been anything that's been like, Oh yeah, this is like a must see thing that like I'm dying to watch. Like I need, I need to get this now. And and yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I feel the same way. I, I did read today that Greyhound has been like a huge mover for them. Like, like in the way that nothing else has yet. Um, they actually said that it is their, like their most, like their most downloaded, like thing, um, which sounds like it's like okay, big deal, Apple Plus. Like you've barely been around, but like that includes all of the things that like were there when Apple Plus came online. So in essence, it includes like Apple Plus itself. Like, like basically, like Greyhound has been bigger for them than like the release of Apple Plus was uh, in the first place, which is pretty. I mean, that that makes it a little more impressive. So, so maybe this will actually get things going for them and and lead to more. Uh, eyeballs and and also maybe lead to more really good content i I mean i say that not knowing if graham is actually good or not since we haven't watched it (laughs) right now you know famously last year like they gave away apple tv plus they gave away for free to anyone who bought um i don't know if it's any apple product but like definitely iphones um you got a free year um and my feeling is like as we start to come up on that first year is like i like I wouldn't pay for this. I mean, granted, like like I said, there's nothing that's compelled me to watch it. But the general tenor seems to be like, mm, I don't know anyone who's like, yes, I would pay for another year of this. So it came out. So, do you think they're going to give everyone another year for free, or is it like, or are they going to take the big hit in subscribers and say, nope, everyone's got to pay now? Good question. I don't know how much. How, how much do you? Is it? I, I can't even remember. Is it like I think five? It's, Five dollars a month or something? Like that? No, it, more... because they're because they're Apple. I think it's eight dollars a month. Eight dollars a month. Mm, that's yeah, because it's got I mean, I don't have it, and I would not pay for it yet. Right. The 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 actual. Oh, no, better sorry, question. I was wrong. It's five dollars a month. Okay. Most people have Disney Plus through Verizon. There's a million different ways to get Disney Plus for free. If you have a Verizon wireless account, you get it for free for a year. If you have an Amex card, they'll pay $20 towards any streaming service, which actually could go to both Disney Plus and uh, uh, as well as Apple Plus. Um, would you guys pay for Disney Plus the 15 bucks a month or whatever it is? Uh, I think it's I think it's eight for Disney Plus, but yes. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know it's what? like 12 I, or 15 with like the bundle that includes like Hulu. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking about Disney plus ESPN oh, okay. plus Hulu. Yeah. Is right. Is that whole thing? Yeah, I have no interest in ESPN or Hulu, but I mean, just for the amount, like the amount my kid watches Disney stuff, I think I would have to pay for it at this point. Um, so, yes, that is, I, I did get a free year from Verizon, but 
that's one that I would pay for. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. I would, I would, I would agree. I'm in, I'm in the same boat in both cases that I also had the free year because of Verizon and also plan on continuing to pay for it. Uh, all right. So aside from that, I'll just quickly zip through a bunch of stuff I watched this week, which was by and large garbage. <laughs> uh, but the the this I watched that Will uh, Ferrell movie, uh, oh, the Eurovision, Eurovision movie, the one with Rachel McAdams. Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah, fair enough. There was no funny parts in that movie, and the Will Ferrell movie without funny is not much to watch. Uh, have either of you watched any of F is for Family? I have not. I don't think I've even heard of it. It's a Bill Burr cartoon with a very hot-tempered father, uh, and basically he's following the father and how angry he is all the time. Uh, I tend to binge watch this show at night as I'm passing out. I love this show. We've talked about this when we talked about the King of Staten Island. I, gonna, I really like Bill Burr. I was gonna say you're 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 on the record as a big Bill Burr fan. Yeah, I think both of you should give season one a watch and be like, and give me your feedback whether you think it's funny or not. I find it hysterical and like super easy. Don't have to like really pay that much attention, but you end up paying attention because it's funny. That's the standout. Uh, I did watch Bombshell this week, um, which is kind of the story of Fox News and and um, oh. CEO getting yeah, fired. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. It was remarkably good. Remarkably not super political. Um, I say that as a liberal person though. So maybe folks that are conservative would be like, this is yet another liberal movie trying to make Fox news look bad. But I actually don't think it delved too hard into politics. And I thought the performances were good and the dialogue was really snappy. That was pretty good. I think it's worth a watch. Was uh, Elizabeth Banks in that movie? No. No. Okay. I'm thinking of something else. No, it's uh that that movie's what it's like Charlie's Theron and Margot mm-hmm. Robbie and uh, who's the person I'm missing? I can't. Is it is I it mean, Nicole Kidman? Nicole Kidman's in yeah. it as well. Yeah, so I, that's I can't that, that's what I was thinking. Who played Gretchen? Yeah, it was. It's Nicole Kidman was was Gretchen Carlson, right? And then uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie's Theron was Megan go. Kelly. Yep. Lithgow is very heavily. Oh, he's he's made he's up. Roger Ailes, and he's really fat in this movie. And like, you're like, whoa, that's a lot of makeup. It, that was solid. Definitely worth checking out. Cool. He's just he's just in his Winston Churchill makeup still. Right. Exactly. Basically, yeah. Uh, okay. That 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 that's kind of it for me. So next week we'll. Uh, we will review Irresistible in a mini flex, and the following potentially we'll do a little Greyhound jam session. What do you guys think about that? We'll, we'll workshop the name a little bit, but yes, I think yeah. that's a good idea. <laughs> Paul, if you wanted to email us, where would you email us? Uh, you would email us at podflix at gmail.com. Should we open the mailbag, gentlemen? Let's just take a look. Uh, there's nothing in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's amazing. Nish. There's nothing to read there, but if you couldn't happen to find our, where can you find our podcast? Where, where are the places that you could, you could find it? 
Uh, you can find it. Uh, where can you find it? Really on the on the podcatcher of your choice. Would that would that be accurate to say? Which is to say, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can find it there. You can also find it at our website, uh, which is uh, what is our website? Podplayshow.com. <laughs> <laughs> We happen to be on Spotify as well. Yeah, well, that's what I meant by podcatcher of our choice. Spotify, Apple Music, you know, your usual or, or Apple Podcasts rather. <laughs> not not Apple Music. We're not. We don't have tracks. <laughs> like Apple Plus. However, you're currently listening to it. Just keep listening to it that way. Yeah, <laughs> you'll exactly. be fine. Yeah. <laughs>